1: There's an interesting paradox at the heart of our culture's current obsession with healing. It's like ever since we discovered the existence of germs, we've wanted to wage genocide against them. Just looking at ads for dish soap and hand sanitizers, there's this idea of purging all bad viruses and bacteria from existence so that we can live this pure, clean, healthy, healed Existence. Obviously, during the pandemic, it was very important and still is to wash our hands. And I'm not coming on here with some crazy pro germ narrative. But I think when it comes to our mental health and well being, this idea can actually be harmful in ways that are a little surprising. We all know that when we get sick, the worst symptoms that we suffer are often a result of our body's immune system rather than being directly caused by the virus itself. Similarly, in my work with clients, I see people stress out over trying to calm down and get really sad about their inability to be happy all the time. So there's something about the way that we try and heal our minds and our spirits that ends up harming us. It's like this zero-tolerance policy for any kind of discomfort or Bad emotion has the opposite effect and keeps those forces suppressed, which means that they find more and more intrusive and inventive ways to get our attention, which is, after all, what emotions are. They're signals that are trying to get our attention. So today's conversation with listener Lee is a bit of an interesting one because we're dealing with a problem, right? A stutter. But the approach to engaging with that stutter, to finding out more about it, and to learning what it's trying to communicate takes us in a rather unexpected direction. Now, I want to be clear before we get into this that I don't have all the answers. I'm just one wizard trying to use my intuition to help people create a slightly better reality. So, maybe there's another approach here that you might resonate with more. But this is the one that stood out to me, this idea that instead of trying to eliminate the stutter, we could learn to listen to it as Lee talks to the wizard. Well, hello, Lee. Hello, Devin. Welcome to Ritual Space. Thank you. It's great to be here. Why don't you start off by just telling us a little about yourself?
0: I have a lot of projects on the go, and I'm feels like I'm trying to really express kind of who I am through these projects. And myself, I've always been a deep thinker, um, but it wasn't till kind of recently that I actually started being honest with some of the questions that I had about my upbringing and the belief structures I was raised in. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just journeying into being more honest with myself and what I felt and even discovering what I felt Yeah, has really kind of, Helped me to kind of open up that question even more. So, I'm a creator. I love making things with my hands. Uh, I make jewelry, a lot of woodcraft. Uh, I've gotten into sawmilling, uh, love working with wood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like mostly, I, I enjoy helping people connect with themselves on a deeper level and finding out how it's true that I am God and you are God.
1: Mm. Yeah. Just two gods sitting in a room trying to. Yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit more about your upbringing. I was raised in
0: the Bible Belt, uh, very, very conservative, very um, fundamentalist, and uh, to the point where uh, I, I really feared hell for mm. many years. And I think, um, well, I know that that's been a huge contributing factor to the kind of the underlying anxiety, the, the, um, questioning of myself uh questioning the the paths that i feel inspired to pursue you know is it i'm always getting really mental to check whether it's okay or not right whether it's going to keep me in the club you know
1: yeah if you're raised thinking that existence is a pass fail exam and most people are going to fail i can understand Mm. that contributing to some anxiety yes yes
0: it also contributed a lot to uh, this feeling i have of going through life with my foot on the brakes Mm -hmm. where it takes a lot of conscious effort now to expand into uncomfort, uncomfort or or uncomfortable things rather. Mm -hmm. So that's, this kind of touches on what I'm wanting to open up with you about here is this feeling of resistance that I am always putting up against. um, Has it's, filtered into my speech. And when I was younger, I, I really had a real strong stutter. Uh, there mm-hmm. were some days I couldn't even talk, but whenever I would go to a, a therapist, the, the therapist would always think my parents were crazy because it would, it would just completely disappear. Mm. So often, especially if I'm talking about the stutter, it's, I, I likely won't stutter during this.
1: Yeah, this it's context very, very dependent.
0: Yeah, it's, it, a lot of it is myself, I've learned how to navigate it. I can mm-hmm. feel when I'm arriving at a word that I'm going to get stuck at. So I'll choose a different word.
1: Uh okay. Or, you can kind of see the, the obstacle coming up and sort of skirt around it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something. Yeah. I heard something really great the other day that's been kind of rattling in my brain since accepting this invitation Is um, it's not calm that I'm looking for, it, it, or it's not calm that I need, it's trust. Mm. And I really want to open up into how to feel first because a lot of that upbringing, I I chose to numb myself to keep myself safe from a lot. Mm -hmm. And so this trust that I desire to have more of in my life, I think is is part of that kind of step to, to move into the chaos with more fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'd like us to go. Um, I'm going to stay chronological for a bit. So growing sure. up in the Bible Belt, um, I'm curious about when you moved away from both the Bible Belt and uh, that very literal faith as well, mm. that worldview. Yeah, so I, I journeyed
0: through a lot of different denominations and eventually got to a real um, like the charismatic Pentecostal tongues healing. It was wild. It's so much fun.
1: Yeah, snakes. Um,
0: yeah, all that, because it's, um, yeah. I mean, we didn't get into literal snakes, but uh, a lot of demon hunting as well, mm. which I learned later is kind of akin to shadow work, Yeah, but done in a different way, I guess. Instead of beating the demon out of someone else, it's, I've learned it's kind of more about befriending the demon in me. And so, yeah, back to, uh, let's see, I was probably in my early 20s before I started really being honest with my questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and starting to kind of get tired of whenever I would ask my friends in this, in these circles of, about these weird spiritual questions I had, I would get a lot of skepticism and a lot of prayer because I, I might, I'm being deceived about whatever it is that I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't helpful. And, um, mm-hmm. my wife and I took over a, a cafe bookshop. So I, I I would read a lot. I got into psychology and philosophy. And from there, it kind of helped me understand how, how the human brain went about creating religions in the first place. Mm. And it, a lot of things just made sense. And, and so my journey has been coming out of that to not to throw the baby out with the bathwater because there's so much value in those communities, mm-hmm. but how to, how to extract the gold out of that and draw people into presence in the now using those tools, but just changing the language a bit so that it's not so exclusive and harmful.
1: Yeah. Seeing that, There is value in these ideas, but it's also maybe like there's quite a bit of distortion, like you were saying, instead of approaching shadow work as how do I look at these dark parts and befriend them and learn what they're doing for me, there's an approach which is they're bad, Mm -hmm. you've got to get them out of you. And recognizing that some of these things were not working for you and trying different outlets for it and seeking And then eventually seeking kind of beyond uh, the walls you were encountering Mm. and trying to get into the roots and understand, okay, there's, there's a human experience here Mm. that creates this and how do I navigate that? Is that kind of the journey?
0: Yes. And I, I think also it was, as I was beginning to kind of edge my toes out of that doctrine, it was a lot of it too, was looking for ways to justify alchemy, for instance, I, I, that, that, that was kind of one of my first inroads into magic yeah. and self-development. And I, I could see how Moses was an alchemist. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story of him uh, grinding the, the golden calf to powder and he put it in the water and made the Israelites drink it and then told the Levites to kill all the other ones. And this was yeah. like just so much in that. And, you know, he he grew up in the, the Egyptian royal family, mm-hmm. which was like the magic hub in the world at the time. Right. And so just seeing that and, Seeing, uh, I guess, Christianity in in a kind of a different light of how it morphed throughout culture and throughout the millennia. It's um, that's really kind of drawn me into a lot of really neat kind of encounters that I was looking for when I was young.
1: So I've talked to plenty of people where they have kind of a rupture of faith, where there's a moment where they go, "Wait, I'm not, I'm not buying this anymore," or this community is bad, and they have some kind of rupture that causes them to leave. Was yours more like your seeking just kind of led you out into deeper and deeper waters until eventually, you know, you never renounced Christianity, but you had just gone into more esoteric angles at it, or what yeah, that, was what that, was it?
0: That sounds about right. It's um, yeah. I've never felt the need to to disown the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more just understanding how, like I said before, how, how I am God instead yeah. of all the other mess that gets
1: mixed in. So how do you experience yourself as God these days?
0: Um, As creator, the the ability to choose the thoughts and beliefs that I hold helps Mm. me to create the the experience of the world that I want. And and by deciding to show up in a certain way in the room, I can decide what experience everyone in the room is going to have. Mm. So this is showing up. I'm, I'm, kind of starting in my, my own little kingdom in, in my home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other night, my two boys were complaining about doing the dishes. And I was, I was like, at the end of the day, I was tired. I was like, yeah. just fucking do the dishes, yeah. but I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. And I, I kind of, I've got kind of some questions that I ask myself when I'm in that space is uh, how do I want to show up right now? Yeah. And so instead I went and put on some James Brown and started dancing. And then we all did the dishes together we all nice. had a great time and it's those little, those little tweaks make such a huge difference in that family unit for mm-hmm. developing the trust and the love that we all really want. Yeah. Um, but it's not in controlling people's behavior. That's, that's not, that's not the way we're going to get there. And that's how I grew up that that's what was modeled to me was here's something you need to fear. And here's the behavior that you need to participate in to not end up in this
1: fiery hell So the way that you were trained was very authoritarian. Do the dishes because I said so and being disobedient to your parents is a straight ticket to hell. And in this moment with your own children, there was, you know, an initial reaction of, oh, God, just fucking do the dishes. Why? Because I said so. Because they need to be clean. Like, (laughs) I don't have time for this. But then you recognize that you could shift and by creating a game of it, by making it more playful, by making it less a combative thing, Um, you were able to create what's much more pleasant of an experience for everyone all around.
0: Yes. And it it starts by taking responsibility for my emotions. Mm. That's kind of been my entry point into a lot of this work is um, other people aren't responsible for my states of being. Yeah. And if I want to create a particular culture, it's up to me to bring that.
1: Yeah. So how did you end up in Australia?
0: Well, this was, let's see, I was on a mission trip in Brazil. And I met someone in the community from, uh, uh, sh- she was from Byron Bay, mm-hmm. uh, part of a church there. And um, I had just finished uh, studying architecture. And I, I, for whatever reason, wasn't going for a job. I was looking for some kind of, probably an escape to a certain extent, um, but also the adventure of Australia. I've always loved the idea mm-hmm. of Australia. Uh, so I came out and joined that community. I uh, met my partner there. And then after a couple of years, we together uh, took that opportunity to uh, take the cafe bookshop over. Oh, so, okay. So we left then. Yeah, It was kind of a nice, I guess, exit point. Because um, we had just had our first son. Mm-hmm. And what we found was that community was really great for singles. Yeah. A lot of activities, a lot of outreach, a lot of actually doing, doing the work. But it was um, once people got married, had kids The majority of the people didn't know how to support them and how to be with them, so we were kind of feeling isolated anyway.
1: And just so I'm clear, this was a church community that you were in, or more like okay, yeah. So this was like a church-based community, and
0: it started as a real hippie church. um, Yeah, by a group of pastors. Mm They they were part of the hippie movement here in Australia in the 70s. Yeah, got on that
1: track. Part of your system of like locks and dams of getting out (laughs) of high-intensity Christianity and finding. Uh, a frequency that was more your level. Yes. Yeah. So that's really wonderful context and it's been so interesting to hear about your journey. I'm curious how your stutter is showing up these days.
0: There's certain words that are more common that I'll get stuck on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, the only connections I can make are the, it feels like there's this, some kind of internal resistance to the flow that I'm looking for. Okay. Like, like I mentioned before, um, l- listening to that podcast about speaking more slowly, mm. that did a, a huge amount because just bringing more consciousness to my words was, was enough to make like a huge difference. Yeah. And, um, so that's probably it. There's probably a, a feeling of when I'm speaking with someone, I, I want to make sure I'm giving them maximum value. Mm. And so I can feel that rush to really express the wholeness of my being in this moment, because mm. it feels really important that people understand me, I think. Yeah. And so maybe that's contributing to some of the not being present with the words.
1: Why does that feel so important to be understood in that way? Uh,
0: it, it ties to, to belonging. Um, mm. If I'm understood, then I'm safe. Okay, that, that, That's an underlying feeling for sure.
1: Do you have a lot of experiences where you felt misunderstood?
0: Yes, for sure.
1: Tell yeah. me about those.
0: You know, it feels like there's a lot of anger and resentment there, which I've 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 actually expanded a, quite a lot into what that anger is, and it, it it's more deeply rooted in a sadness towards the disconnect that I had growing up. Mm. Uh, what I realized was a a real disconnect from Earth. Mm. There, there, there's not the the Mama Earth element is not in mm. the Bible Belt. Yeah. It's got the father, the son, and the spirit, but they still call the spirit he. So there, there, there is no feminine aspect to this dynamic. Yeah. Um, and this disconnect from mother, um, it, it also showed up in, in with my mother as well. Um, and yeah, so that there, there's that deep sadness there about that kind of a longing for a lot of the ways I envisage my life going. But, you know, we could do this all day long about like what, what would have been if this were different and, and that. So it's not really that helpful. But in the now, I'm, I'm beginning to cultivate the Mother Earth energy much more in my practice.
1: Well, I think that's a really powerful point that you make where, you know, patriarchy can be invisible in so many ways. And obviously, you know, looking at a Bible that's saying, you know, he for God constantly is mm. like clearly gendered, but making that point of groups that have specifically kind of neglected you know, the Virgin Mary and the other female, mm-hmm. even if there's not as many of them um, aspects in the Bible creates a much harsher ideology that's based around domination and submission rather than love and nurturing. Like, if the idea is that the Earth is here for us to dominate, so it's just there to turn into a McDonald's in a parking lot, <laughs> and God wants you to pass his test or he's going to fail you and that's your fault. Mm. And that's very different than uh reassuring, nurturing we are part of this abundance of life and this interweaving of, of multiplicities of existence. So yeah, that kind of comes with the the more extreme versions of monotheistic uh, yes. Judeo Christianity.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, and it, yeah. it's tied through that narrative. So, so strongly.
1: Yeah. So in terms of the stutter, it sounds like you've made progress in learning to kind of work around it, but there's Mm. still some key words that are tripping you up. And it's also a conscious effort to slow down and kind of um, reduce the, the pressure of this pouring forth that you want to do of exuberant communication. Yes. Okay. Do you know what the words are that tend to trip you up?
0: Well, just earlier, um, when I went to say Byron Bay, uh, uh-huh. there was a little bit of stuckness there. Um, for, for a while, I, 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 I've really loved to build the instruments. Um, and for a while, I was building hammered dulcimers. Mm. And for some reason, that word is one that trips me up. Dulcimer. Yeah, dulcimer yeah. is one. Um, yeah. Sometimes words that begin with M. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I think I can feel it ramp up uh, when I'm speaking with someone who I perceive to be an authority figure mm-hmm. or someone that I'm trying to validate myself with, for
1: mm-hmm. sure. How does it feel right now?
0: Oh, the stutter is, is fine. Um, yeah. There's still that... It's, it, yeah, it's always such a weaving of what my mind is conscious of while I'm talking.
2: So mm-hmm.
0: It can be kind of hard to nail it down to how it's feeling in one particular moment
1: yeah yeah well what i'd like for us to do today is is start by just being curious um to see you know we're not going in to try and just solve a problem but rather we're trying to understand more about the stutter what it was for like how it was formed what its positive intent is and appreciate that even if it was frustrating at times that might have been the thing that held back your career as a charismatic preacher and directed <laughs> you on into other yeah. things which you know you now might think wow <laughs> i'm actually quite grateful for that for sure. so you know with all of this i think The um, more fundamentalist Christian is a very extreme example of that, of this Mm -hmm. idea of there are things that are good and there are things that are bad, and our job is to get rid of all of the things that are bad Mm -hmm. and judge them and condemn them and have this kind of purity. We run into that in other things, you know, uh, spiritual bypassing and more new age communities where it's all love and light and we don't want to talk about bad stuff unless we're talking about it as shadow work. And then again, the Mm. goal is to turn that shadow into beautiful love and light. (laughs) And the approach that I've been taking a lot more lately as both a hypnotherapist and a wizard is recognizing that that division gives us a very... Partial experience of the world that there is mm. power in shadow without just trying to turn it into light, with just letting it be shadow. There is power in sadness without it being a challenge that I'm going to work through to be happier on the other side. Like sometimes sadness is just a beautiful way of connecting with the world, even if it's not the most pleasant. Mm. Um, there's a whole variety of sensations and experience. And so I want us to just be very open to learning, exploring finding, discovering, all of these kinds of ideas um, and really let go of any urge to kind of fix, change, or problem solve. Does that sound okay to you? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Okay, great. So we're going to go ahead and do a a full-on hypnotic induction. And I'd like you to keep your eyes open for a moment. and We're going to get them to close eventually. But just find something that you can Rest your gaze comfortably upon, it doesn't have to be me or even the screen, uh, but just whatever you want to kind of look at. And here's where I'll throw in my little caveat for listeners, that if you are doing anything that requires attention, like driving a car, maybe don't listen to this right now, just in case you're one of those naturally talented hypnotic subjects. It's best to go someplace quiet and comfortable, so in the chance that you find yourself following along, it's safe to do so. So, the art of trance is just about directing attention. Historically, we've used all kinds of things, like candle flames and swinging watches, as points on which to direct that attention. But right now, as you're just letting your eyes rest on that spot right there, you can also direct your awareness to the tips of your toes. And that creates this feeling of dual awareness where part of you is looking at a spot that isn't your feet, that isn't those toes, but another part of your mind is becoming more aware of the feelings of those toes, the tips of the toes, and how it feels for that awareness to move back through the toes into the feet. And as that awareness starts now to move slowly along the bottoms of the feet, you can notice the ways that those feet are beginning to relax already. This could feel like a very comfortable, pleasant tingling, or a nice, warm sensation, or just a heavy, gentle stillness that moves slowly all by itself. All the way along the bottoms of the feet and around the heel. Over the tops and around the ankle. And then can just start to work its way. Up the front of the shin. And deeper into the muscles of the calves. Massaging. Relaxing. Releasing. Letting go. As that energy and that awareness moves through the knees, around the knees, into the thighs, deeper, you can imagine it swirling through those powerful muscles, massaging each and every cell, letting go of any tension, tightness, distractions, worries, concerns, and just leaving again that pleasant, comfortable, relaxing feeling. At this point, you might have noticed that the eyes are blinking more and more as you're starting to think about how good it would feel for them to close all the way. But you can just pay attention, can you not, to that beautiful tension between the part of the mind that can work to keep the eyes open and that other, deeper part that's letting the eyes become heavier and starting to think about how good it will feel for them to close all the way in just a moment as you notice that comfortable feeling moving through the hips into the belly. Breathing it into the belly with each breath in, feeling it spread across the lower back, letting go, going deeper with each exhalation. Noticing how the chest relaxes, shoulders, and especially those trapezius muscles that can end up so tight, you can just imagine someone with firm, strong, powerful hands pushing down on your shoulders, massaging those muscles, feeling that relief as that relaxation pours down through the shoulders, down through the arms. Down, past the elbows. All the way down into those hands. All the way down there. And you can notice which of those
2: hands already feels the more relaxed hand. It's that one right there that feels heavier, warmer more comfortably still. Or maybe it's that other hand
1: that's letting go, tension, tightness, of effort, so completely there's nothing left except that calm feeling in the neck,
2: in the corners of the jaw, the cheeks,
1: the forehead, and the scalp, And those eyelids getting so heavy now that they can just go ahead and close. And you can feel that wave of relaxation from the top of your head all the way down to your feet. And just let your awareness melt into
2: that experience of comfort and calm as you listen to these words now. And as you listen to these words,
1: you don't have to try to understand what they mean. It happens automatically. As soon as you hear the sounds, your mind, and that deeper part of the mind, instantaneously creates understanding, meaning, significance. And so whether your conscious mind wants to follow along with what I'm saying or begin to drift
2: deeper into dreams, it's
1: the sounds of the words, the sounds at the beginning of the words, the sounds in the middle of the words and the sounds at the end of the words that fade
2: out into those beautiful pauses where you can go deeper. And deeper is just the word, a collection of sounds. And it's
1: more metaphor than literal meaning. Because deeper just means going further into the experience you're already having.
2: This could mean feeling the body
1: get heavier and more relaxed. It could mean noticing the mind drifting into those dreamy thoughts we experience when we start to fall asleep at night, and the to-dos of the day the plots of the shows we've been watching, the stresses and worries start to unravel and we start to experience dreamier thoughts, elusive, fading in and
2: out, just like that. So whatever deeper
1: means to you today, you can just imagine what it's going to feel like to go three times deeper than you already are. As in a moment, but not yet, I'm going to count from one to three. With each number I say, I'm going to ask you to open your eyes and close your eyes. Each time you go to open your eyes, you'll notice that those islands have become even heavier and take even more effort to get them open. Each time you close those eyes, you'll experience a wave of relaxation from the top of your head through your body, taking you three times deeper every time. And so if you've understood what I've said now, you can give just a little nod, just like that wonderful. And so we'll begin the count now. As on one, you can open those heavy eyes. And close those eyes and sink down, letting go. That's right, wonderful. Feeling that wave of relaxation taking you down, 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 deeper, deeper, deeper. This time, those eyes even heavier as you open them on two. And let them close and ride that wave down deeper, deeper, deeper. All the way down. Those eyes might be so heavy now that you can't even get them open. And you can just enjoy that feeling of trying and then letting go as on three you try, seeing that they're so heavy they just won't open, and then let go of that effort, relaxing completely, following my voice all the way down now. Like a leaf floating down on the breeze, waving back and forth, spiraling, drifting down. And as I said before, and I'm saying again now, trance is just a state of focused attention, and where you can focus on a candle flame or the sound of my voice. Or that heavy, relaxing feeling. You can also focus inward on that dreaming mind that each night creates dreams that are right for you to learn and remember the important experiences of the day. And so as you turn your attention towards that dreaming mind, you don't have to try or try not to try, you can just notice where it is that dreaming mind takes you when you imagine a place that is comfortable and safe. As you imagine that place that is comfortable and safe, you might find it someplace that you know quite well or have visited before or it could be some place that you're just dreaming of for the very first time now, noticing the colors and patterns around you, what's nearby, what's far away, what's above, what's below. Noticing those details more and more as you feel the temperature of the air
2: That good, safe feeling in this place, as well as any sounds you might hear,
1: mixing with the sound of my voice, as well as the sound of your own voice, is in a moment, whenever you're ready, you can begin to describe whatever you're noticing out loud as it becomes more and more vivid and detailed with each word you say.
0: I found myself at the bottom of um, this gorge uh, that I had visited uh, about a year ago. I had all these little cracks in the the walls that would open up into bigger caverns. I crawled into one of them, and one of them was named the amphitheater. Mm. And I remember sitting at the bottom. It was just covered in moss and ferns, and the walls went straight up. 100 meters maybe, enormous. And at the top were were trees leading over the edge. And I remember sitting, watching leaves fall down into the the cavern. And I remember because it was the amphitheater, I, I began singing. I was singing to the leaves as they were falling. And then in this vision, I then became the leaf. And I was from up top, I was observing this falling down into the Face of this gorge with the sound coming up.
1: Beautiful. What a gorgeous place to be with yourself in your own voice and hear it echoing and just taking that moment to perform for yourself. Feels good, doesn't it? And so, in a moment, we're going to go ahead and summon the stutter. It might show up as a character, someone you recognize, yourself, even or an animal, or an object, or it could just be a feeling in the body, a sound, a voice, anything at all. But in order to call this stutter so we can learn about it and understand it more, I'd like to ask you, how do you see yourself calling to this stutter and letting it know you'd like to meet with it?
0: When I'm looking to, to meet um, these these shadow goblin demons, I, I, I go out into the forest in the dark, in the clearing, and I, I let them know that I'm, I'm not afraid of them, and they, they don't need to fear me, and that I wish to know them.
1: Hmm. So you can let that stutter know that you wish to know it, that you are here to communicate, to ask and answer questions.
2: And so with just noticing, there's no rush, there's no hurry. Just extend that invitation and notice what happens next. Yeah, a tree spirit has, has
0: come out. Some, it's, um, it's one that I've met before. Hmm. In a previous journey, I, I had met this tree. It carries a box that carries burdens that I don't know how to carry. Mm. The last we met, um, it took a whole bunch of things that I don't actually know what it took, but it took them for safekeeping to to pull out at a later time.
1: Mm. So maybe it's been holding on to it and it's bringing it out for you today. Mm.
0: Reminding me about the value of surrender. The the last time I met this this tree spirit was on on a mushroom journey, and I had spent the first hour just curled up in a fetal position, just struggling. Mm -hmm. And it, it was it dawned on me that I was holding on to something that I was I was unwilling to let go of this feeling that was I was perceiving to be so. So terrible. And it, uh, this spirit invited me to, to lie down on my back with my arms open, a gesture of opening my heart. And this, this brought immense release.
1: And so, how is that tree spirit showing up for you today?
0: Asking if I would like to open up the box today.
1: Yeah. Do you feel ready to do that?
0: Yeah, I do.
2: Okay. So, go ahead and open up that box.
0: All of the most random trinkets and little bits of brass and chunks of metal, glass, just everything from from bits I've collected through childhood. I used to collect shark teeth, uh, crystals, all the, all the stuff that I have gone on to turn into jewelry and turn into the things that I craft. It's like a buffet table of stuff to tinker with.
1: Mm-hmm. Which of those items is drawing you towards it today? Mm. A
0: tetrahedron.
1: Ooh, powerful. Mm. Can you describe it for us?
0: I think it's bronze. About each side is maybe about an inch long. Uh, It has some patterns carved into it and some engraving. Um, I think it's the four elements.
1: Mm. So take a moment. Just feel it in your hand exactly. Feel the weight. Run your fingers along it, and notice what that brings up for you. Is it memories? Is it feelings? Mm.
0: feel an inspiration to to incorporate it into something beautiful, whether it's a piece of jewelry or a, some sort of tool for ritual or
1: that a little bit of the stutter that came up just there?
0: Mm. No it was more of a started to say something
1: but
2: Okay.
1: And so just hold that piece and just feel it as it is. It can invoke all kinds of inspirations and ideas. But before we turn it into something else, I think we want to learn more about what it is.
0: Mm. I
1: think it lights up.
0: One side will light up based on which element I'm most strongly operating.
1: Mm, Okay. What side is lit up right now? Fire. Fire. OK Does this object feel connected to that stutter, or does this feel like something different?
0: Mm, I don't know that it does no.
1: Hmm, OK. Well, I think we can keep this object with us, but I want you to look back at that box and see if there was something you might have overlooked the first time. Mm. Sometimes our natural desire to find things that are cool and exciting and helpful causes us to look away from things that were. Frustrating and painful and difficult.
0: Mm. There was a single playing card. It's uh, the nine of diamonds. Mm, okay.
1: What does that evoke for you? A
0: um, bit of mystery, like there's a, something to uncode or cipher.
1: Mm, okay. Just let that image of that nine of diamonds reverberate. Notice any memories it stirs, any feelings it brings up
0: nine feels a little ominous and i can sense a lot of power around it
1: what is the ominous feeling
0: like a almost like a a dare to to, do dare delve into into me into Mm. what i represent do you okay yes i would love to
1: okay let's go with that number nine you can focus on that playing card and think about what it felt like to be nine years old and just let whatever memory is gonna come back from that era come up, seeing yourself at nine years old, what you were doing, letting yourself move into that space and time as an observer.
0: I remember time in the Christian school that I was going to, just going along with whatever was happening, because it's better not to Um, better not to express too much here Mm. better to go along with the program Mm -hmm. and also I spent a lot of time running around in the woods around my house catching turtles and snakes my mom would get really upset with me for catching snakes she was worried about my safety obviously and I remember (laughs) rolling my eyes and looking at her I know my snakes mom
1: Yeah, so that was something that you were confident in. Mm. So there's an area of nature and freedom and even things that are dangerous you feel comfortable with. And then there's a contrast there with the Christian school where expressing yourself doesn't feel safe and there's a pulling back. Is that right? Mm. So let's stay with that Christian school. Were you quiet?
0: Not overly quiet, no. Yeah.
1: Is this a place where the stutter would come up or
0: not as much? Probably, but I don't remember. Hmm, okay.
2: What are you noticing now?
0: Noticing how the communities and the the friend circles and the, the environments that I cut myself in, like once I was old enough to choose, We're still very much within that realm of what kind of crushed me into safety. I kept choosing that, um, maybe because at some point I learned the value of the safety that it offered.
1: You said crushed you into safety.
0: Mm, Yeah, I I guess I think a self-imposed where I knew what the rules were. So I shrunk myself to fit within those.
1: Mm. What's the time where you really crushed yourself into safety and shrunk to fit those rules?
0: I remember getting a lot of validation in high school. um, When adults would ask me what I wanted to do when I graduated high school, I would get praise if I had a clear answer for them. And so I'd, I would say um, I wanted to go into engineering Mm. um, just because it was mildly interesting to me and yeah, I got the praise I was looking for. Mm. It was, yeah, it was still not a real honest look at what I cared about.
1: Right. It was trying to find the expected answer. Mm. What's the opposite of being crushed? Mm, Expanding. What's the opposite of safety?
0: Where the came to mind was movement.
1: Okay. So expanding into movement, where does that take you?
0: That leads me to finding home in, in the process of transformation instead of trying to grab at that arriving at the end.
1: Mm. So transformation is a process. It's a word, it's a journey, it's an idea. And finding a sense of home in that process, not just waiting for it to reach a conclusion. I'm curious where that will take us, but I'm also curious because I feel like the stutter we came looking for hasn't made itself available yet. And so I'm curious if you feel a resistance or you feel it hiding.
0: I'm not surprised that it hasn't shown up. It seems to prefer to remain hidden. Um, Perhaps there's shame attached to it. Perhaps there's something attached to it where it prefers to not reveal itself when the
1: light is shining. Yeah, I think that is understandable. Well, let's just go to a place where we know it is. So if you think of a memory of a time where you really were feeling tripped up by that stutter, where it was very strong, this could be recent, this could be a long time ago, but we're just going to go to that memory, that one that's coming up.
0: I remember in maybe sixth grade, I remember uh, someone was making fun of me for it, and I remember getting so irately angry. hmm I screamed at him, shut back up. And it was, it was, um, yeah, it was a very
1: powerless feeling. Yeah. Did you stutter when you screamed? No. No. Mm. So the powerlessness came from what? That you couldn't control the stutter, that someone was making fun of you and you couldn't stop them?
0: Combination of both, yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. I, I didn't like being made fun of, but... It was more the anger of this, this challenge that I keep butting up against. And...
1: This thing that you couldn't control. Mm. So that's a memory of a provocation related to the stutter. But I want a memory where the stutter is fully present. Mm. Where you're trying to say something and it is getting in the way.
0: I remember um, riding home from school one day with my mom. And I, I was tripped up. And it was to the point where I I couldn't even begin the sentence. And eventually it was like a, such a deflated, powerless slump. I just, to give up to it really sucked. Hmm. Why? It It was something I couldn't control that had overpowered me.
1: Hmm. What were you trying to say? I don't remember. Let's just go deeper into the memory and see what comes up. So imagine that you can see yourself as if you were watching a movie in the car with your mom and see the look on your face as your tongue is tied and you're trying to get this out and realizing it just isn't coming and succumbing to that powerlessness feeling, that defeat, that this word is out of your control. It won't obey your will.
0: Nothing's coming. It's um, yeah, blank on what it was I was trying to say.
2: Hmm.
1: Interesting. So the stutters hiding the word then and hiding the word now.
0: Mm-hmm. Earlier, when I talked about moving to Byron Bay, mm-hmm. uh, there I, I felt the the little catch uh, before mm-hmm. that the first
1: B. I just want you to stay with this memory, though, of watching yourself struggling, trying looking at your mom, looking at yourself, and then you're just going to be able to see the stutter in whatever form it wants to take in that car with you and your mom, stopping that word from coming out.
0: feeling is that if I can just grunt just right, it'll begin to flow. If I could give it just the right push or just the right nudge, then the ease will be there.
1: Right. And so what's the inverse of that feeling? What is the blockage? What is the clamping down?
0: The inverse would be sitting back and observing the flow.
1: But it's not flowing.
0: I would if I observed it happening. Mm,
1: There's a a thought. If there is a frustrated little boy trying to get his E out, and there's an adult you who wants to sit back and observe and let it flow, the missing piece of our trinity is the thing that is restricting, Mm. shutting off, clamping down, limiting. That's what we're here
2: to see. What are you noticing?
0: A lot of void and a lot of blank space. Mm.
2: How do you feel? (sighs) A
0: bit exacerbated from not knowing how to um, bring more knowledge to this area more awareness
1: there we go so there's an exacerbated feeling of wanting something and feeling like it's not there in the way you want it right Mm -hmm but I think you just said that you found a blankness and a void, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would like you to just simply give an offering to the blankness and the void, to let it know that you are here, that you see it, that you recognize it, and that you honor it. This could be an item from earlier or something else that just comes up intuitively, just like that. Just notice what that offering is that comes up. Or doesn't and feels blocked. Either one.
0: Again, it's gratitude and trust.
1: How are you grateful for that blank, that void, that stutter?
0: (sighs) For always having been there to provide me with something to land on that's mine. To something to fill that is of my own essence, my own self-knowledge, my own creation. How so? Because this void and and it it accepts without judgment. It, it receives. It, it it is the act of receiving. So it's it doesn't impose any demands. It doesn't impose any action.
2: But it limits action. It limits speech.
0: Hmm. It's something more akin to my my wrestle with it is causing the blocks more so than
2: what it is. Hmm. Well, I think I don't believe, I have not believed that this void accepts me unconditionally. Hmm. What if it doesn't? Hmm.
0: That seems like still not reason to to not create to maybe it's maybe I want to be received a certain way, which probably ties into that need to be understood. So maybe I'm creating this void out of my own understanding of what it is that's receiving my expression in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Now we're getting twisty with it. Mm-hmm. So take a moment now, just let the symbols that we've found move through your mind. This tetrahedron, heavy, representing the elements. This nine of diamonds that feels ominous. This word that can neither be said nor remembered. And this blankness, this void, that presented itself, but seems to avoid Producing tidy meanings and easy interpretations. These are the gifts that you were given today from your deeper mind, and you can feel that gratitude as well as perhaps a sense of confusion and uncertainty. And just allow both of those feelings to coexist as I count from one to five, and you can return to the room feeling lighter and brighter, starting with one, just thanking. Yourself for these gifts and knowing that receiving them is enough. Two, letting go of any need to solve the puzzle, unravel the mystery, just letting it rest for today. Three, becoming more aware of the position of your body, feeling lighter and brighter, more energized and alert. As on four, you can start to wiggle your fingers and toes. And on five, you can take a nice deep breath in and come all the way back opening your eyes and reorienting to the space around you, enjoying a nice big stretch. Oh, wow. hmm How do you feel?
0: A little spacey, but clear as well.
1: Yeah. Any thoughts, reflections, questions?
0: Not particularly enjoying diving deeper into us as meaning-making creatures. um, Mm So there's, there's, it's such a multifaceted layered thing.
2: Yeah. Can I share some thoughts? Sure. So
1: where do I want to start? Let me think. All right, I'll go with this. So uh, in Hindu Vedic mythology, Lord Ganesh is often called the remover of obstacles, but mm. he's actually just the Lord of obstacles more generally. Sometimes he's removing difficulties from our path. Sometimes he's blocking our path and forcing us to take another way around. And it's one of those things of like, oh my God, if I hadn't overslept, I would have been on that, you know, plane that crashed or whatever, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so it's sometimes it's the the detour that's more useful. The other idea that's coming to mind is Alan Watts talked about this concept of irreducible rascality, that there's a part of the human spirit that always wants to resist and <laughs> do the opposite and be you know, sneaky in some way. So we never want to be entirely pure because there's some part of ourselves that gleefully enjoys resisting that and playing devil's advocate and taking sure. a different side and, and all of that. Yes. And I think in what we've talked about, I see um, three competing narratives. So there is the original narrative of the church that you were in and that you've got to do these things or you're going to go to hell. And this is the worldview. And, you know, your attempts to, I think you put it so beautifully, crush yourself into safety, to like, you know, try and fit into that. But in those attempts to crush yourself into that, you were kind of always moving out, uh, expanding into movement, into different churches, into broader interpretations, into books, into research, into other ways of thinking about the world. So there was this one force that was trying to crush you down and you were sort of constantly trying to wriggle into the position it wanted you in. And yet that was almost forcing you through into a larger space and into a larger Mm. space. So that crushing was almost like, you know, we're squeezing the tube of toothpaste, but it's expelling the toothpaste out the other end. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Like the crushing is actually moving it forward. It's not, you didn't get crushed. You never stopped. You've been expanding and the crushing and the expanding were all part of a singular process. That's awesome. Is that tracking? Yeah. And then... I think now you've expanded into movement, and there's now a new desire to be God in communication with other people who are also God and to create meaning and all of those sorts of things. And I think what is interesting here is the third narrative of the stutter, of the irreducible rascality, of the obstacle, um, plays a different role in each narrative. So originally, you know, when it's not safe to freely express yourself, the stutter is limiting your speech. It's You're not fitting in with the other kids. It's restricting you and frustrating you, and you can't just flow the way you want to flow, and so you're hindered. But now that you've moved past it, I think this is this obstacle that you've learned really well how to navigate around but I think it's still there. It's almost like that blind spot in the center of our eye, Mm -hmm. right? Like we think that we have this vision, but really there's this giant gap kind of in the middle. And so what I mean by that is it was very interesting to me how in this journey you kept finding other things. So here's a cool creative symbol of the elements, like what a wonderful fun thing to have. Or here's this other kind of cool mysterious thing, or here's this beautiful memory. but. The things that were connected to that stutter were very slippery and hard to locate yeah they were not coming up easily and i think that kind of is relevant too with what you said before of you know the stutter will be active when you don't want it to be active and then when there's a time where it's like let's examine it again that irreducible rascality it's Mm. it's suddenly not getting in your way it's It's letting you just be like, I swear, I normally have a stutter. (laughs) Why (laughs) won't anyone believe me? And then I think when we approached the void and the blank, that's where I really saw these kind of two narratives clashing. And by the two, I mean the sterative and the current, you know, I am God, my transformational journey. Mm -hmm. Where I think you wanted the blank and the void to fit into this idea of some sort of mysticism, of unconditional love, of like, one of these more positive things, but a blank is a blank. A void um, is a void.
0: <laughs> okay, right. So maybe my maybe a, a desire to frame it as something I can understand is not serving me.
1: Or I think wrestling with it in a certain way, I think. Okay. Uh, I think of trying to navigate around it or only frame it in a kind of positive term is not the game that it wants to play, which doesn't mean that it's out to like destroy you or something like that. But I think there's a piece of recognition here, which I can't give you. I think it's your own journey of self-discovery, but I think that's an important, it's like a whole room in the center of the house and the house, you know, all of the stairs lead around it in this way where no door goes directly into that. So everyone's like, oh yeah, this is just the house, but there's this room in the center that you've gotten very good at you know taking the long way to the bathroom because mm. <laughs> there's no way to cut through that room is that yes yeah yeah and so the 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 last thing I'll kind of say about it is with creativity we can think about I'll just use the example of a writer you know and so the writer is going for a walk And they see some scene and they go, oh my God, I'm having an idea. This will be a beautiful short story. I'm going to write this short story. And then they're sitting down to do the work and they're starting the story and it's exciting and feels good. And then they don't like the way the characters are and they need to rewrite that. And then it's getting more contentious as, oh, wait, this feels too saccharine. Or, oh, I don't think this, like the the end's not landing. And they're rewriting and rewriting and they're getting more and more frustrated. And then finally, there's that point where they're, trash can is overflowing with crumpled up drafts and they're saying uh, f- ah, I've got writer's block now and ah. then they're in this creative drought right like ah, I can't write at all this is this is so annoying and so they're in that creative drought and they're feeling frustrated and kind of creatively constipated and that's going on for a while and then finally they're like ah you know what I need to just stop wrestling with this thing and like I'm just gonna not worry about it and I'm gonna go you know on a hike. Mm-hmm. And so then they go on a hike and they're on that hike and they see some beautiful thing and suddenly, oh my God, I'm inspired. And then they go back and they finish the piece, whatever it is they've been working on. And it's totally different than if they hadn't had that, uh, that void that they had to cross in the middle there, right?
0: Yes, yes.
1: So my question for you is where is the creative moment in that story? I
0: th- think it's being okay with loose ends and not... Needing, needing the big finale that impresses everyone in order for thing, something to be a success mm-hmm. with that kind of that sort of feeling of almost like I can wrestle the thing with my mind forever, but allowing it to maybe allowing the wrestle to be a wrestle is that's just what it is. And it's, it's, it doesn't have to resolve the way that I think it does for it to be something helpful or,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're getting a very good point there of sometimes it's letting the void win. Mm, yes. yes. <laughs> sometimes it's, you know, we trick ourselves with these false things where we go, okay, I was frustrated for 10 minutes. That's enough. Now I want the resolution <laughs> where I'm like creative and good again, right? And then like it's going on and we're like, okay, haha, ha, funny. I couldn't write for 24 hours. Like I really struggled here. Like that was the struggle. <laughs> and it's the moment when you're not Still secretly seeking that like happy, easy, tidy resolution. And when you're really like,
2: fuck, Fuck! fucking goddamn fuck, and
1: like, okay, like Mm. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not play acting anymore. Like I'm, I'm, I'm telling the kid at my school to shut the fuck up. Like I'm, I'm at a breaking point and I've pushed past the tidy version that I wanted where this worked. And I said, one, two, three, okay, come on, work. And now I'm in the shitty version where like I'm still <laughs> locked out of my fucking car and I have to walk in the rain and God fucking damn it. And that is the moment I think that this stutter is encapsulating for you mm. where there's the surrender, not I release myself into the void and the void fills me with unconditional love, yes. but I get swallowed by the fucking void and it sucks and fuck, God damn it. Rah, rah, rah. But then that leads to letting go. There's the true diversion. I'm not grinding it out anymore. I'm giving up and doing something else and then allowing that muse to come when it's ready Mm. instead of trying to force the word out or be clever and tricksy and I'm going to just pick a different word and I already saw it coming. So I'm just going to avoid that (laughs) obstacle and I'm not going to fall into the void this time. Like I got really good at avoiding the void. Yes. Instead, it's, just letting yourself fall into that void and crawl out the other side. And that's the experience.
0: Yes. I, I certainly learned that uh, certain emotions were, were not allowed to be expressed. Um, there were yeah. the, those, the, quote, bad emotions. Those are, those are from Satan. You're going to want to put a lid on those rather yeah. than accepting the realness of it. And I guess using this feedback. It's, yeah. it's, not, a, it's not a real thing that's happening. <laughs> after all. Yeah.
1: So I think this is a perfect example where, you know, we have more information, but there's not a perfect resolution. We didn't unlock and just solve the stutter because that's not what it was. It's Mm. not a series of, you know, riddles where there's a prize for each one. (laughs) Um, But I think we're identifying something that by getting into it, by falling into it, by uh, expanding into movement within it. Um, you'll find other things that I think when you, when they click, it'll be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> mm. And I don't know what that will be, but I think that's your journey to discover. Yes.
0: I, I think I am starting to edge into this. It's since kind of making that, that connection with earth mother it, mm. it, and, and that sort of energy. I, um, I, I went through something a couple of weeks ago where a couple of days, just real agitated and churning through my mind, trying to work something out. And and I usually, you know, spend a couple of days a bit grumpy and then my partner will say, okay, you're, you're you're better now. You figured it out, huh? I said, Uh yeah. But this time I didn't. And it it got to a point where like it's kind of okay. I I don't have to know what this emotion is. I don't have to name it to be able to accept it as part of this expansion journey. Yeah. Yeah. So I can, yeah more of that it's uh what i'll be cultivating for sure
1: yeah so i'm going to give you some fun homework to play around with this uh directly so what i would invite you to do uh, and this is i think <laughs> you know probably going to be somewhat triggering for childhood experiences okay. um is to explore the idea of glissaliac stuttering okay so you you're familiar with glossalia speaking in tongues of yes. course Yes. So I want you to speak in tied tongues. And I want you to find places where you can speak fast or with emotion or with the words that you know are difficult. And your goal is to create that stutter. Okay. Like if you're not hitting stutters, then you need to speak faster, harder, let more raw emotion in. And it's sort of this like, you know, feeling the edges, right? Yes. So instead of just staying in the lane and when it's getting close, you're like, "Oop, let's get back on track. I want you to be ramming your car to figure out where the guardrails are, where do things break down and that stutter come out and how much deeper can you get into that stutter? Mm -hmm. Can you on your own, get so tongue-tied that no words are coming out? Are there words that you find that are very powerful and they trigger this right away? I want you to build a collaborative relationship with the stutter. So that means that it's not, I'm in charge and you're just here to help me on my creative journey. It's, I'm here to figure out, you know, like if we think of the stutter, if you were a sculptor, right? The stutter is when the chisel slips and you break the thing and you have to go, ah, fuck, goddamn it the arm came off. Okay. Well, this is going to be a different sculpture now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and working with that inspiration, the inspiration of the fuck up and mistake rather than the one that we put on the pedestal of like the muse and the beautiful idea that came to me in a dream. And like, yes. so tidy and neat. Awesome. Yes. Crash around a little bit. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. well, I'm going to embody what I've just said. And I I, I say this with all respect and there's no mockery, but Lee, I believe in you. Your your magic is real. I love it.